0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and passed. Alvarez in toward the plate. Get up, Bob. Get up. Get out of here. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right,
1: what's going on, everybody? We welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today. It is Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I'm Adam Azer, Scott White, Heath Cummings are here. Uh, Heath, you going out of town after today?
0: I am leaving on a jet plane. No, I'm not leaving on a jet plane. Actually, I'm driving. But yes, going out of town tomorrow morning. So uh, this will be my only show this week.
1: All right, all right. Yes, and Heath will be on the Fantasy Football Today podcast today as well. And then we are going to talk to him next week. In fact, it's summertime. So these guys, you know, Scott was on vacation. Uh, Chris is out of town for work this week. Heath's going on vacation. I'm going to be here. Your dedicated host, giving you some fantasy baseball advice. Um, Scott, how are you? How was your weekend?
2: It was good. It was good. Uh, I took my son, my four-year-old son, to see a movie for the first time. Cool. And... uh yeah, Toy Story four. He'd seen the first three. Um, I was I was I was I was disappointed by it. Really? Not gonna lie. It's it it kind of yeah yeah. It kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after the way they ended the third one was so great, new beginning, and then they uh, they kind of trashed that whole ending for a different one. Hmm. I didn't it didn't sit well for, with me.
1: I could see that bothering you. I've only seen the first Toy Story, so. I'm way behind on this. Yeah. Uh... All right, so they, let... they got
2: better each time Did until they? until this one. I I feel like really
1: okay. Yeah, well, that's an interesting take. So let's uh, let's make our fantasy teams better. Let's get started with a hitter to add and a pitcher to add. Heath said he had like 30 hitters that he wanted to add. So Heath, who are we adding?
0: I mean, there's something, I'm gonna, I have a name that's different than the names that I have been giving for the last month, okay. but I have to do the thing that I've been doing for the last month. Don't do so it. I just want to tell you, over the last 28 days in points leagues, the worst format for these three outfielders, uh-huh. Malik Smith has been the number three outfielder in points. Ramon Laureano has been the number eight outfielder in points. Oscar Mercado has been the number 20 outfielder in points. They are all three still under-owned all three below 70%, and all three should be added. But my hitter to add, who's actually owned in fewer leagues than that, Chris Taylor, has essentially become the Dodgers' everyday shortstop since Corey Seeger went on the IL. He is hitting better as well. He was a top-10 hitter this week, I believe. He's eligible at second base, shortstop, and outfield. He shouldn't be as highly owned as those three outfielders, but with, those, with that triple eligibility, he should be owned in most categories leagues.
1: Good job, Heath. Good job. That was really good. That was really like a good.
0: spring-loaded take. Yeah, my nice. goodness.
1: That was really Rehearse good. Rehearsed that ahead of time. Because uh. if, if he had just come on and said Malik Smith, I probably would have probably would have flipped my lid a little bit. But that was a really <laughs> good way to save so, Malik Smith and also to not save Malik Smith. That was very good.
2: Some Chris Taylor. Who who else did you say?
0: Ramon Laureano, Oscar Mercado. Yeah, this the okay. same All guys right. who's
1: been saved, but, but he's right. He's right. Every time yeah. Alex Smith has a good game, I think of Heath. So you, you've got that going for you. And that's pretty much every day. Uh, so if Chris Taylor is someone to add for Heath, that's maybe a deeply league of you know, categories. I got him in a five outfielder league. You can play him, obviously, in a lot of positions. Uh, Scott, how about you? Hitter to add?
2: So he mentioned Chris Taylor and Oscar Mercado. They're both in my top ten sleeper hitters for this week. Some others who are 70% owned or less still, Lordis Guriel, uh, who I think is what he's doing is mostly legitimate and what he's doing is pretty impressive. Ian Desmond, who has four games at home this week and uh has has done what he needed to do to make himself relevant again, got ridden started hitting the ball in the air more. And so at least the batting average power production are there, not so much the steals, but you know, it's a waiver wire pickup, so what do you expect? Uh, So those are probably my top options here beyond the ones Heath mentioned.
1: Okay. So Heath mentioned Malik Smith, Ramon Laureano, Oscar Mercado, and Chris Taylor. Scott said Lourdes Gurriel and Ian Desmond. How about Bobby Bradley, guys? First baseman for the Indians who got called up yesterday, and he's now 28% owned, so he's quite available. And maybe the Indians all of a sudden won't have such a layup of a lineup. Uh, Bradley... Broke out this year. He's 23 years old. He had a great, great season at AAA in the International League, not in the PCL. And uh, what is our interest level in Bobby Bradley for the Indians?
2: It's kind of tepid. I mean, obviously, a deep enough league, you know, this is potentially big power bat here on waivers. But for having a breakout season at AAA, he, it, it was a 32% strikeout rate, which is among, like, you know, you know, that's up there with, like, Joey Gallo levels of striking out. Uh, he managed to hit 292, and he did it with a 359 Babbitt, which is of course high, but it's not—it's not so high that nobody could possibly ever reach it. So, you know, it, it may be a situation where he hits the ball hard enough with enough home run production that he can have a respectable batting average with a crazy high strikeout rate, but I'm not willing to give him that benefit of the doubt right off the bat because it's a small number of players who can do that. And obviously, first base is a deep position. So I've been leaving Bobby Bradley for deeper leagues, but keeping an eye on him.
0: I added him in our 12-team categories league where we need a corner infielder. And my, my hitting's pretty weak in that lineup. It's been frustrating. I've got Correa Springer and a couple others on the I.L., I don't think he's going to be useful in points. But, I mean, he has hit 27 home runs in 99 games at AAA. He hit 47 home runs in AA. He could be an immediate help in power. He's just he's going to strike out a lot, and his average is probably going to be terrible.
1: All right, that's Bobby Bradley, first baseman for Cleveland. And I just want to give one more hitter note. I was thinking of dropping Jock Peterson, which, of course, would have killed me because of the impression. I like doing it. Uh, but I decided, <laughs> no, this is not the week to drop Jock Peterson. He's got five games against righties out of six games and not a lot of games this week. So six game weeks, pretty good. Three of them are at Coors field. So this officially could be my last week in a, this is a 12 team points league shallower format in my 13 team Roto league. I will never drop Jock Peterson most likely. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, for a guy who sits against lefties, this is a good week for him with three games at Coors with five righties on the schedule. So maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe Jock Peterson's last stand. And, Heath, good news for you. You can probably put um, George Springer in your lineup this week because it looks like he's coming back on Tuesday. Now, pitchers to add. Okay, Heath, what do you got? How many Marlins are on your list?
0: The problem is most, like... Jordan Yamamoto is up to 74%. A lot of the guys I looked at were approaching that range to where they're probably too owned to talk about them. There is someone... I I feel like my Monday pitcher-to-add thing is usually a guy that you guys make fun of me about, so I'm going to try to keep that streak going. (laughs) And I'm going to go with Liam Hendricks. No, that's that's fine. He has been a mostly really bad pitcher for his career. This year, he's been a dominant reliever. And if you look at his career... The reason his numbers look so bad is because teams keep trying to use him as a starter, and he's not good enough to be a starting pitcher. He has a 3-4 ERA for his career when pitching in relief with 10.3K per nine. He's got a 30% strikeout rate this year. Blake Trinan's hurt, and he is their closer until Trinan's back.
1: Yep, Liam Hendricks, 44% owned. He's actually one of the most— Why would I make fun of you for picking the second most added player uh, in our fantasy leagues? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Liam Hendrick is a good call. And Scott, pitchers to add, pitcher, pitchers.
2: Well, probably the one I prioritized the highest was Adbert Alzale, who it sounds like is going to get starts going forward. It's not totally clear yet, but obviously uh, piggybacking Tyler Chatwood last week. Had a really impressive four innings. He's on a good run at AAA, good strikeout-to-walk ratio, all of that, so... Uh, Albert Alzelay's uh, was a top priority for me. Um, there is another closer candidate here be depend i mean, obviously Blake Trinan's on the d l, but it sounds like John Hicks may also go I'm sorry, Jordan Hicks may also go on the i l for the Cardinals. and uh, it it's it's pretty much already been decided that John Gantt would be the one replacing him. And his numbers suggest he should be the one replacing him. So uh, I would prioritize Hendricks over him. But Gant is is not far behind if you're looking for a safe source.
1: Okay, I'll give you one more. Remember, the Rays have been a real pain in the butt with their closers this year. But Jose Alvarado has not pitched since June 1st. I don't know what his timetable is, but I would imagine he should be back fairly soon. And Diego Castillo is on the I.L., right? For the uh for the Rays? Yes. Yes. So yes, he, is. he has shoulder inflammation and he's been struggling lately. So it's possible Jose Alvarado is used more conventionally as a closer. I also think it is go- like Luke Jackson is doing everything he can to lose that job. <laughs> so uh Swarczak has been awesome. Minter has been less awesome, but Swarzak probably is the guy who should be closing for the Braves. Uh, that's someone that Scott yeah. gave last week. So I think he's worth that.
2: Yeah, I'll Although Jordan Webb's been on a nice run recently, too, and has some of that uh, closer of the future shine on him. So I, I'm not totally sure Swarczak would be the one to replace Jackson if they were to make a change. And with A.J. Minter around, it could be a full-blown committee for a while. Uh, I, again, I mean, Jackson did end up pulling out the save yesterday, but it was it was pretty shaky. Always. Uh, so. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know that they're going to pull the plug on him yet, but that's that's something that's certainly on the horizon.
1: Okay, if you're looking for more pitchers, first of all, do we know if Adbert Alzale, who's 43% on, is going to be a two-star pitcher this week? Because I have gotten that question several times.
2: I don't know for sure, because there, there's some talk that they may go six-man with Chatwood and Alzale both taking a turn. I have him in my two-star pitcher rankings, because uh, is turn would be lined up for Tuesday and then Sunday if they stuck with five man, but it's, it's not something I can say with certainty.
1: Well, Ross Stripling is the number one most added player, and he said, Stripling said that he and Arias are probably going to be piggybacking on Tuesday, so keep that in mind. I'm not sure you're going to get a quality start from whoever starts that game, and th- I'd probably rather have the guy who's pitching second in that scenario because he's more likely to get the win. But yeah. yeah, I don't know that there's going uh, yeah he I don't know that there's gonna continue. Uh, maybe one the, they are auditioning to become a true starter. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I think like for this week specifically, you can kind of look at them both as if they are one start pitchers because I would expect they're going to piggyback twice. Okay, because they'll pitch again on Sunday. Oh, with that, the way the schedule's lined up, be I believe. In, that's so that's gonna be in
1: Colorado on Sunday. Then,
0: right i I am starting stripling in at least one league. I feel less confident in Urias just because they talked as if Stripling was more stretched out and more willing to go more innings immediately. And so if I was going to put an over-under on innings for this week, it might be like six or seven for Stripling, and it might be like four or five for Urias.
1: All right, so so let me ju- uh, It's this is important because he's the number one most added player. They play today, and, they're, and they have a six-game week. So doesn't that mean they probably aren't—because Kershaw's a two-star pitcher. So I would think, they have seven games this week. Oh, they have seven games. They have seven games. Well, that makes yeah. Jock Peterson even better. All right, I'm sorry, I thought they had six games. Okay, then Heath is 100 percent right on that. And yeah, the, those Marlins are available. Eliezer Hernandez, Jordan Yamamoto. I guess we'll get really into it when we uh, look at the most added list. But Zach Gallen, 68,
2: 68 percent
1: on. Zach Gallon is also available.
3: Yeah, yeah, yep. I didn't really
1: do a lot of uh, ad drops with pitchers because the two-star pitcher list was so bad, and all the guys that we like are, are owned everywhere. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's get into the big news, the Frankie Montas news. And uh, first, I want to tell you about the World Series of Poker. If you like the World Series of Poker, it is back right now, and you can watch it on CBS All Access. Go to CBS.com/poker. CBS.com, not CBS Sports, CBS.com slash poker, or watch on the CBS app. There are, uh, there are things in the World Series of Poker that you can only watch on CBS All Access, so please check it out, CBS.com slash poker, or download the CBS app. The big news for you, Frankie Montas suspended 80 games. That sucks. You can drop him. Of course, they have Jesus Lazardo, who's working his way to get into that A's rotation. Should be fairly soon. Jose Barrios left with a blister, but he's expected to make his next start. Atlanta sent Mike Fulton Nevich to Triple A. Does that open up a rotation spot for like a Tuki Toussaint Scott or somebody like that?
2: Possibly. I don't know if that would be super exciting at this point. Toussaint hasn't shown you know, he's been in the bullpen recently and you know, hasn't hasn't exactly been dominating. So um you know, as for Fultonevitch himself, I would I would treat it probably about the same way as when Nick Pavetta got sent down earlier in the year. Most leagues, in most leagues, it's probably okay to drop him, but we'll see him again. And if you know if if you're if you're the sort of person who likes to stash upside pitching wherever you could find it, um, you know, it, I I wouldn't mind continuing to stash him. I four of his last seven starts were actually good. It's just the three bad ones were really bad fulton hmm
1: Yeah, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> we have those three closer notes. Jordan Hicks, triceps tendonitis, Blake and IL, Diego Castillo, IL, and I already gave the note about Ross Stripling and Julio Arias in their seven-day week. So let me read the infuriating email of the day, unless Heath wants to read it. Heath, would you like to read the infuriating email of the day from John in St. Louis?
0: I would not. I don't know that I could get through it without cursing, and we're live on video now, and so I, that would be bad. <laughs>
1: because like, I I spent the weekend reading all these stupid stories about Albert Pujols and how the St. Louis crowd and you know, watching the video of the St. Like It was great on, on Friday. It was fine on Saturday. It was so annoying by Sunday. And then we get this email from John in St. Louis. John, please take this, by the way, in jest, because I do appreciate all of our emailers. baseball at com, And John says... The debate is over. Anyone who still believe their fans were the best are wrong. That title has and for, will forever reside with the loyal fans of the Cardinals. For those not paying attention, the Cards fans gave Albert Pujols a standing ovation in every single at bat of this weekend series. He played for the opponent. Who does that? That is that the that is the most annoying thing. Not the greatest. You know who
0: does that? Who? I did that. And almost got into a fisticuffs at a Royals game over doing that. When Mike Sweeney returned, I think he was playing for the Mariners maybe. And he hit a home run like in his last season. And I gave him a standing clap. And some guy started yelling at me about how terrible Mike Sweeney was. And why would I be clapping for a guy on the other team? It was a, it was a bad situation. But wow. it was resolved without any physical contact. So that was good.
1: Well, if you did that at Bush Stadium, for the you would have been... Just fine. So I guess they are better than Royals fans. There's no debate there.
0: But Yeah, I just, like, there is. there are whole corners of the inter- internet dedicated to showing that Cardinals fans are no different than any other fans and have the same problems that all their fan bases have.
1: Sure. I remember when Jake Arrieta came back this year to uh, pitch against the Cubs at Wrigley, they went crazy. And then what was, oh, they're the best fans in the world. So I'm sorry, John. They're, they are, like, the the one not thing we can decided. say
0: for sure is that all fans are better than Yankees fans. False. Who boo John Carlos Stanton for flying out in his second plate appearance after coming back from being injured. They
1: boo because they love Heath. Okay, we have high expectations. <laughs> we love... we They cheered him first, and then he let them down and they booed him. All right, so um, yeah. to make this fantasy relevant, John wants to know if Alex Reyes is still worth stashing in a non-keeper or dynasty league. And I have the same question. Is Alex Reyes still worth stashing, because I am stashing him, but I've been waiting for him to come up already.
2: Uh, when I last looked at what he was doing in the minors, it was pretty awful, which is sad. It's it's really sad because we've been waiting. There's so much talent here, and we've been waiting for it to get an opportunity to shine for, I, I feel like, three years, right? The better part of three years. Um, Let me see if I can find the most recent numbers, but it's been so he has a 739 ERA in 10 appearances. Seven of them starts. I can't imagine he's close to getting a, a shot in the rotation. I mean, Michael Walker had a good turn. Uh, let's see. His most recent appearance was, uh, well, he, he just pitched the first inning. I'm not sure what happened there. But, yeah, it's, it's been bad. I'm not I'm not particularly motivated to start Alex Reyes right now. Like, or to w- stash him.
0: When Scott said that he wanted to st- He'd like to still be able to stash Mike Fultonevich. I almost started a big fight, but I would much rather stash Mike Fultonevich than Alex Reyes.
1: Okay, so I guess that means I can drop Alex Reyes. And by the way, Brendan McKay, I'm not dropping him. He had another good start over the weekend. Five innings, three hits, one unearned run, three walks, and five strikeouts. He threw 84 pitches, and he lowered his ERA to 108. Brendan McKay, bring this man up already. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we'll look at the most added list. we got more news and notes. We've got every pitcher that does well against the Detroit Tigers except Trevor Bauer. Terrible start for Trevor Bauer. Very infuriating. We'll talk about that when we come back.
3: True green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. and they have a verified best price promise, which gives you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. Think about how hard it is to manage our fantasy baseball teams. You need all the time you can get to put in waiver wire claims, fab bids, send out trades, and set your lineups. You'll have that extra time when True Green is taking care of your lawn. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. As
1: mentioned, Ross Stripling is the most added player in CBS Sports Leagues. And this is a very useful tool, by the way, if you want to sort through the most added players and sort by free agent. You can see the players that are available in your league that a lot of people are looking up. And also the most owned. I like that list even better, sort by free agents there. Uh, Liam Hendricks is two. Jordan Yamamoto is three. And Adbert Azale is four on the most added list. And Adam Plutko is five. One of these is not like mm. the other. Like we never talk about yeah. Pucko, but he does have two starts and they're Kansas City and at Baltimore. Would you give Adam pucko a chance uh, this week?
2: I, I won it. I, if you're really desperate in a points league, I mean I guess I I guess the potential for it to backfire so badly he gives you a negative score is pretty low with those two matchups, but I'm not I'm not willing to drop a player Uh, I I value in any way for Pleco.
0: Like, we were considering using Adrian Sampson a week or two ago, and we all saw how that went. I think it's a similar type play. It's just you might get lucky and it might work.
1: So what do we make of the Marlins rotation right now? Because Yamamoto, Zach Allen are both pretty high on the most added list. It's
0: the deepest rotation in baseball. (laughs) I mean, it is good. I don't think that's even a joke. I think it's just true.
1: It might be. It might be. But, okay, so who's in it? Because Caleb
2: Smith come back soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like this week, potentially,
0: I, I think. I think that probably – and I felt this way for the last couple of turns. I I kind of feel like all three of these guys, maybe now just Gallon and, and Hernandez, their next start is to stay in the rotation. Like you
1: think Yamamoto is in?
0: I can't imagine. Like th- It's now been three starts yeah. where he's been very good. I. He, he gets another start if I'm making the decision.
1: All right, so then, so then how interested are you in owning Yamamoto? Do you think he is this good? He's 74% owned. He has made three starts. Two of them were seven innings, no earned runs. His most recent start, five innings, two earned runs, four walks, seven strikeouts at Philadelphia. He's 3-0 and with a .95 ERA and a .79 whip. Uh, it's surprising. I don't think we were expecting this from Jordan Yamamoto, so... Yeah, what do you think? His next mm. matchup, by the way, is again the Phillies. The terrible Phillies got swept by the Marlins uh, this weekend at yeah. home. I, I look at him I, a, I lot,
0: think... a lot the same as like Zach. Please, who's eighty percent owned.
2: Okay, so you, yeah, 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 like by traditional indicators, neither of them are uh, pitching. Neither, neither, of what? Neither of them are pitching in a way that's that's particularly believable. Like I, Eliezer Hernandez is more, uh, Zach gallons only made one start, so it's hard to say for him, but certainly judging by his minor league numbers, I, I feel like, I feel like he's probably better than Yamamoto in the long run. Uh, Yamamoto is kind of weird because he's, he's featured a different pitch in each of his three starts. Uh, the, he threw his four-seam fastball only like 30% of the time in each of his first two starts, which is very low number, especially for a guy getting called up. But it was basically the cutter that carried him the first time, slider the second time, the fastball this most recent time. Really deep arsenal. And so, you know, he's not getting a lot of swinging strikes with it, but maybe that's enough to keep hitters off balance and, and he can be this effective. I'm I'm a little skeptical, though. I mean, pitching needs are so much that I... I don't. I can't see myself letting him go unowned after the way these first three starts have gone, but I'm a little skeptical.
1: Okay, and also on the most added list, I mean, if you're looking at the list right now on our video show, it's a lot of guys we've already talked about. Logan Allen um, is not someone. Yeah, let's go to him. Logan Allen for San Diego. He's 32% owned. What's your interest level in him? His first start was seven innings. Three hits, two walks, five strikeouts against Milwaukee, and he... Is he a two I don't think he's a two star pitcher because I don't think they have enough games. I think he's just one start at Baltimore this week looks like they have five games this week, San Diego um but yeah, yeah, they do would, would you start Logan Allen at Baltimore like do you want to pick him up? He's only thirty two percent own.
2: I'm less interested in him than any of the three Marlins pitchers who are up for grabs right now. What about
1: yeah, Al- and spe- like
0: specifically for this week if if the ross stripling line? Is the line of starting a starting pitcher? He would be a lo- below the Ross stripping line for me.
1: Would you rather pick up Alzolay or or Logan Allen?
0: Alzolay,
3: yep. Okay,
1: Lord uh, How about Danny Santana? Danny Santana, thirty one percent owned. Joey Gallo should be back on Tuesday. That will complicate things a bit, but man, <laughs> Danny Santana is playing so well right now. Uh, do you think he plays enough to be mixed-league relevant? He's eligible, by the way, Danny Santana for Texas. First, second, outfield, and short.
0: Not, I field, don't really. Thing. No. Yeah.
1: Okay, who else on here? You know, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is 60% on. We don't talk about Chris Bassett very much. He's okay. Would you keep He's not him? not good, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so you'd, you'd be okay cutting Chris Bassett loose for any of these starting pitchers that we're excited about?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's Chris Bassett's on a pretty consistent run of being basically like five innings, three runs every time, right? I mean, what are you going to get with that? That's right. Five I'd rather I'd rather shoot for upside. I mean, he didn't really show upside in the past in a way that makes me think he's going to take a step forward from here.
1: He has a two-star um, pitcher I'm, though. Ha- That's the only thing.
0: Yeah, he has a two-star week this week.
1: This, it, like, yeah,
0: yes. He has given up three runs and. In- three of his last four outings, it's been five and two-thirds to six innings, which is a very small difference between five innings, but also makes a pretty big difference in how we evaluate pitchers, I feel like. I wouldn't drop yeah. him for Logan Allen. I um I would drop him for Yamamoto. But as a two-star pitcher this week, I, I, I'd much rather start him than Plutko. All
1: right, last one that I want to talk about here is Ryan McMahon. And they've got... St- What's their schedule this week? Uh, they have six or seven. They have seven games. They
2: have seven. Four at home.
1: Oh, my gosh. At least four lefties, though, for McMahon. But I'm not sure he's going to sit. I'm not sure he's going to sit, but that's not great, especially when Bumgarner, Ryu, and Kershaw are some of those lefties. But McMahon's 46% owned, first base, second base, and third base eligible. Might be an everyday player. Might be. And they called up Garrett Hampson, so we'll see. I think he's worth keeping an eye on. He started
2: against four straight left. But, well, yeah, they did call up Hampson.
1: Right. that's a, The Hampson thing might change things a little. But, right, I mean, McMahon is looking like an everyday player for the Rockies, hitting a little bit better lately, and you might want to get him now before it's too late. And Kevin Biggio also hitting better, and he's 52% owned. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, some more news and notes real quick. George Springer should be back on Tuesday. Mike Clevenger is going to start this week. He'll come off the IL. The Twins signed Cody Allen to a minor league deal. Do you think that matters? No. Yeah,
2: I agree. Did you know Ryan McMahon this year against lefties is batting 328 with 3 homers and 900 OPS and 61 at bats?
1: I I knew he was better. I didn't know the numbers, but I knew he was better yeah. against lefties. Yeah, it's weird. 900
2: versus OPS versus lefties versus 686 versus righties. I I'm, I'm like I'm not I'm not correcting you here. I'm genuinely surprised. I looked it up just Yeah. now.
1: No, wow. I know. I've, Maybe he
2: shouldn't be sitting against lefties.
1: I think if you look up look up David Dahl splits, too. And I don't think Dahl has been a heavy lefty righty split guy through his career, but I, I think his numbers are better against lefties this year. But I'd like for you to tell me, Scott, while I do the rest of the notes. Gregory Polanco okay. is on the IL with a shoulder injury. That's why he missed so much time. At the beginning of the season, he had shoulder surgery, so that sucks. Mike Soroka left after being hit by a comebacker. It doesn't appear to.
0: He was hit by a pitch.
1: Oh, you said by a pitch.
0: Yes. It wasn't DH one that is he pitched. The everywhere now, please. Stop this madness.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I support that, but he should be fine. Alex Wood, Reds starting pitcher. You may not even know that because he hasn't pitched for the Reds yet. Alex Wood is scheduled to begin a rehab assignment on Thursday. Craig Kimbrell could make his Cubs debut Thursday or Friday. Jimmy Nelson is in the bullpen. Adrian Hauser is going to start on Wednesday for Milwaukee. The Yankees are a game away from tying the record for most consecutive games with a home run. I'm sure we're all rooting for that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dodgers won three straight games over the weekend on a walk-off hit by a rookie, a different rookie each time. That was cool. Jordan Alvarez, or Jordan Alvarez, tied an MLB record, seven home runs in his first 12 games. He's insane. Is Alvarez, is Jordan Alvarez a top? 50 player rest of the season. If we were drafting today, does he make it in the top 50?
2: I don't no. think he does. No um, hitter. Yes, I have him about 20th in my outfield rankings. That's not bad. So, but 50 overall, that's that would be a tough line to crack. There's too many. I feel like there's too many pitchers in there.
1: Sure. Uh, Rafael Devers expected back today. Ketel Marte, day-to-day with a groin injury, but he seems fine. John Means could start this weekend for Baltimore. Jake Lamb is getting close to returning for Arizona. That could mean less playing time for Christian Walker. Domingo Armand could be back before the All-Star break. Joey Gallo should be back Tuesday. Hunter Pence should be back on Thursday. I have a section here about hitters, guys. I don't know if we need to go through any of them. I'll give you three hitters who are... I'll give you four hitters who are available. Garrett Cooper is 41% owned. He has a 14-game hitting streak. Eric Sogard is 15% owned. He has started. I think he started nine games in a row for the Blue Jays, and Sogard's, you know, he's having. Like, he's been a terrible hitter his entire career, and he's having a great year. So we'll call him Tommy Lestella Part Two. J.P. Crawford, since coming off the IL, is batting 333 with seven walks and 10 strikeouts um and jose martinez has now started five straight games in right field for st louis which caught me by surprise probably someone i'm going to look to pick up jose martinez. was he clapping
0: for albert Pujols when he hit the home run?
1: probably he's a cardinal it's just when you put on that cardinal's jersey you just become a better person i think so yes i would say he was mm. uh, um yeah so garrett cooper <laughs> eric Sogard, jp crawford jose martinez heath uh, what's your thought on that group
0: I don't know what percentage of our leagues are five outfielder leagues or half corner infield, but however many that number is, Garrett Cooper should be owned in all of them. I don't expect he's going to be a top 36 outfielder or a top 12 first baseman, but other than that, I think he's a starting player, and he's a pretty decent hitter. And I don't really have a lot. Like, there's it's not quite this good, but I don't have a lot of doubts about him being a fantasy contributor, as long as you need more than three outfielders. And Crawford should be owned in more than 8% of leagues.
1: Do you like it better than Sogard?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to buy into Eric Sogard. If I just look stu- stupid like Tommy LaStella, fine. Mm. How are we feeling about I, I think Lestella? Cooper's by
2: far the most interesting of these. I, I actually really like Cooper. Oh, okay, uh, good. What he's doing is, you know, his his xBA is over 300. His ex-WOBA matches up with his WOBA. Uh, he's He's pretty much... Pretty much doing everything that uh, the peripherals say he should be doing.
1: Yeah, I don't know how we're feeling about Tommy LaStella. I had to pick him up in a league as Devers Insurance. But um, in June, he's batting two eighty six with three home runs, nine RBIs. I definitely feel like the power has sort of disappeared for him. The batting average still I mean, good. Three home runs
2: but, in a month is still basically a 20-homer pace for a season.
1: Which is terrible these days. But the, the ISO, Scott, <laughs> is... The ISO is 154 in June, so it's only it's four yeah. doubles and three in three home runs.
2: The the power pace was going to slow, but I I feel like I feel like at the very least he's DJ Lemay who, who's of course pretty, over the, pretty great in his own right.
0: Yeah, but over I, the last month he's not a top twelve second baseman.
2: I have been starting him and have had no interest in sitting him in the leagues where I'm starting him, which includes a twelve team points league and. I think that's it. I think I only have him in points leagues.
1: Points leagues, he's so much better because Lestella never strikes out. But I will say that he has 14 extra base hits since May 1st. So that's not so good. Uh, Scott. Okay. All Now right. No, let's move on. Let's move on. In the bullpen, Rowenas Elias, he's getting saves for the Mariners. Taylor Rogers got a two-inning save on Friday and then pitched the eighth on Saturday, and Blake Parker got an extra inning save um, on Saturday. But we like, we like Taylor Rogers. Liam Hendricks we like. How about the Marlins? Sergio Romo, Jose Quijada, and Nick Anderson all recorded saves for the Marlins in their three-game sweep at Philadelphia. Romo had pitched in four straight games before getting Saturday and Sunday off, so I assume he is still the closer. Sean Kelly yeah. appears to be the closer. Even though Chris Martin got a save on Saturday. And who did you say? It's John Gant in St. Louis, right? Yes. Okay. Alright then. It's time to talk about some pitchers. Studs being studs, part one. Here we go. Zach Wheeler was a stud. Walker Bueller was beyond stud. Sixteen strikeouts in a complete game against Colorado give up two hits. Or two two runs on three hits. Aaron Nola had a great start against Miami, and Herman Marquez had a great start at the Dodgers, lowering his road ERA to 302. Uh, so, Wheeler, Bueller, Nola and Erman Marquez, Scott, anything to say about this group of studs being studs?
2: I think the one who I have the clearest expectations for going forward is Walker Bueller, who just seems to have turned the corner and taken off kind of like he did in the second half last year. Uh, just total, total stud, total ACE level stud. He's in my top 10 starting pitcher rankings rest of season. They limited him so much in spring training. I think that contributed to a slow start, but he's, He's back to form now. I really wish I could have gotten more insight on Nola's start. The way that game played out, the 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 game recaps didn't really focus on Nola's performance. So I didn't I didn't really see much in in the way of uh of what he did differently or anything like that. But he had a very effective curveball in this start. I had pretty much, last time we talked about him, last week, I would moved him almost out of my top 40 at starting pitchers. So uh, this start will have me rethinking that. But, you know, obviously Marlins, it could have just been an aberration. Marlins,
1: too. he played the Marlins. I mean, and, and, he, and Nola, Nola has had good starts. I'm not dismissing it. Like, I just want to say, he has had some good starts. It's not like he's been terrible every time out. He really has not been able to string together more than two good starts in a row
2: I feel. Some it no, I, like it's like probably bad, good, his best bad. start though, right? I mean, this was This is a great thing was,
0: is I th- I think he's just worse luck Trevor Bauer. Because he has better peripherals I I believe than Bauer and it's both kind of been a, a little bit of a control issue and then just bad starts intermingled with good starts. I still have Nola in my top 20 start or 21 I guess and ahead of Marquez and Wheeler, who I think any of these three pitchers, well, Nola's the most likely, with two or three good starts in a row, to jump back into that the bottom of that ace tier. Um, Wheeler and Marquez probably just belong in the number two starters range.
2: I mean, Nola has a bad swinging strike rate this year. This start, it was good. This start was his best in terms of, well, total number of swinging strikes, but it's just a plain bad rate. Okay. Um, And
1: we know what Marquez is. Marquez is a stud on the road, and we'll see how you feel about starting him at home. And let's move on to the next group, studs being studs part two. Brad Peacock, 11 strikeouts at the Yankees. Wow. Six innings, two runs, 11 strikeouts. He threw a season-high 102 pitches. They really limit uh, Brad Peacock's pitches. He he averages 89 pitches per start. That kind of puts a cap on how good he can be, but he is good. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, bounce back, 16 swinging strikes. Remember last time we talked about Woodruff? I wasn't on the show. I think it was on Wednesday. Oh, it was my birthday. Nobody wished me happy birthday that day. But uh, Brandon Woodruff, he had the last four starts. His swinging strikes were way down. He had 16 of them in a great start against the Reds with 12 Ks on Sunday. Marcus Stroman, this surprised me. Six scoreless innings with six strikeouts at Boston. I just looked up where Stroman ranks in points leagues. He's the number 36 starting pitcher. While you guys talk about this group, I'll see where he ranks in Roto. And Yanni Chirinos uh, has a three ERA. Not a big strikeout guy, but he's pretty pretty good. Texas at home this week. That could be tough. But Peacock, Brandon Woodruff, Marcus Stroman, Yanni Chirinos, they were also studs. Heath, what say you about this group?
0: I mean, I'm starting all of these guys just as a rule. I have obviously a lot more excitement about starting Brandon Woodruff and Brad Beacock than I do the other two, but there's not, been if, if Yanni Sharinos or Marcus Stroman's on my team, I've just been rolling him out there. There There've been a couple of disappointments, but mostly it's been good. Uh, Woodruff, I actually have, and and I'm updating rankings today, but I've actually got him just ahead of Wheeler and Marquez, and I'm not so sure he doesn't belong in the borderline ace tier.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his ERA is over four Woodruff, but the, the FIP is a run lower than that. The X fip is half a run lower than that. And he's rare case of a pitcher who... I feel like most of the pitchers we talk about, their 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 uh, independent pitching stats like that are worse than they've actually performed. But Woodruff's are much better. And then Peacock, uh, his last two starts in a row, the slider looks like it's it's effective again. It hasn't really been there all season for him, but... The last two starts it has, so that could be that could be a huge development for him.
1: All right, so Stroman, eighty four percent owned. He has a three oh four ERA, he's only five and nine. Thirty walks, seventy seven strikeouts, and hundred and two in and two thirds innings. That's a lot of innings. And a one twenty five mm-hmm. whip, which is high, which you expect with him, I think. He's number thirty six yep. number thirty six pitcher in points, but number thirty nine in Roto, starting pitcher. So yeah, look, I've always I'm always negative on Stroman in anything other than a points league. But let's give the man some credit. He's top 40, and that's with a 5-9 and nine record. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'd be trying to sell high on Stroman.
2: Well, he need he needs to be traded, and he may be traded. If, if he gets traded out of Toronto to a contender, I think his fantasy value improves significantly. And, and probably no matter where he lands, he's such a ground ball pitcher. I don't think the venue is going to make a huge difference for him. Yeah, he just one with a contender. Stroman
1: is heavily linked to the Yankees, right? Well, linked to the Yankees, could definitely happen. Well, that would be bad. Why would that be bad?
0: I I don't like pitchers going to the Yankees
1: because you don't want the Yankees to be better than they already are, which is really really good.
0: No, because <laughs> they generally are worse in fantasy. I don't know that the Yankees necessarily have a great approach with pitchers, especially established pitchers. What? And are you basing like, this all Sonny on Gray, Gray? J. Happ? James Patrick. J Hap
1: was great for the Yankees yeah, last J-Hop year. Yeah, Jay Happ was
0: fine last year. He's yeah. been a,
1: right. a disaster. Yeah, he's like seventy years well, old. He's he's done.
2: This year. This year. Uh but after the trade last year, he was you know, he he pretty much kept Dude, it going.
1: Look up look They didn't up, have
0: time to mess him up.
1: Look up Sean <laughs> look up Sean Shacone. If you want to, the Yankees or Wizards. Good, good Wizards. Yeah, you remember Sean Shacone? <laughs>
2: That's going back like a look decade.
1: Up, yeah, look what does
0: that have to do with Marcus Stroman great. in the year 2019? He was
1: great after the Yankees acquired him. Don't you know what? Uh, Just because we had that email about the Cardinals fans doesn't mean you have to take shots about every franchise. Right, got, was
0: not. A, it wasn't a shot. It was a legitimate concern. I understand. Okay, that's, I have to
2: uh, say, yeah, go ahead, got ahead. Cardinals fan base is one that I haven't. There's there's like six fan fan bases that I've enraged on Twitter, and Cardinals isn't among them yet. So I have nothing against the Cardinals fan base. By the way, the Braves fan base is one of those six. Yeah, and, well. And that was a sad day. They don't like but, your honesty. Yeah, not the Cardinals.
1: But I just the, for, all the, you, the, for all you Cardinals fans out there, I want the, you to know that I wasn't going to put that email in the show. Scott insisted. Scott saw the email and said, <laughs> we have to destroy this guy. Because I, I think he said, I hate Cardinals fans. So, Well, just
2: to throw fuel on this fire, the one fan base that is constantly reminding me of it, like – you know, every few months or so is the Cubs.
1: Really? Okay. Yeah. I was joking Why? about that email thing in case people don't know. Hey, uh, let, let me let me move forward here because I really want to uh, get angry about Trevor Bauer. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about this uh, unbelievably frustrating starting pitcher. Also, Matt Boyd and other studs who were duds this weekend. We will be right back on Fantasy Baseball today.
3: Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Oh,
1: Trevor Bauer. Detroit. Who's Detroit, man? Four innings, ten hits, five runs, two homers allowed against the Tigers on Friday. That's coming after a complete game shutout with eight strikeouts at Detroit, the previous start. So... He's got Kansas City this week. I'm never taking Bauer out of my lineup. But he headlines the studs being duds. If we look at the full list of studs being duds, part one, it's Bauer, Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd has a 6'14 ERA in his last four starts. Luis Castillo got crushed at Milwaukee. And uh, I put Chris Sale on there, but I I can't imagine we're concerned. Five innings, three three earned runs, four runs total against Toronto. It was weird, but he's been awesome. But if we, if we look at Bauer, Boyd, and Castillo, Heath, who are you most concerned about?
0: Uh, probably, like, I would say Bauer, simply because I he was a borderline top 12 pitcher for me at the start of the year. Uh, Castillo and Boyd kind of jumped into this range, and so I won't feel like I lost as much. I mean, Castillo had some troubling things in his peripherals before this bad start. There have been way too many walks so far this season. Boyd has not done enough to where we could definitely say he was going to be a top 20 guy. But Bauer's just like, this is a guy we used a third or fourth round pick on, and he's just been so terrible about half the time.
1: So so how would you rank Bauer, Boyd, Castillo right now?
0: Uh. (sighs) Ah... I'd probably like, <laughs> Boyd's that definitely was, last.
1: Wow, is that sub subside right there?
0: Boyd <laughs> is definitely last. I I am going to have to make a decision on Castillo versus Bauer, and I'll probably leave Bauer ahead of him, but they'll both be outside of the top
1: eighteen. Top eight outside of the top eighteen. All right, Scott, what's your take on Bauer versus Boyd versus Castillo?
2: Well, Bauer had been hanging in front of them for me, but this is three consecutive starts now. Um, the, the the previous two were good, I think, but like he hasn't he hasn't been missing bats. Kind of the problem I said for Aaron Nola. It, it had been fine before that, but like he he keeps doing such different things that it's hard to get a feel for what he's going to do next. Uh, I do think there's obviously a ton of upside there still, and uh, I wouldn't even. I, I don't even think I'm at the point where I'd consider benching him. Um, but I may be ready to move him behind. Like, the thing is, he says Boyd is obviously – is definitely last. And, you know, just the fact he pitches for the Tigers and isn't going to win many games, he's a 500 record as good as he's been. Um, that that probably means he deserves to be last. But I, I feel like I, – I feel like he has – is the least flawed of these three because Castillo has been terrible with the walks, fortunately dominant in the other two air er- fit in the other two fit measures. Um, but Boyd, uh, been a little shaky, was in need of some home run correction and has gotten that home run correction. But the, you know, the peripherals still look really good.
1: Okay. So the Boyd, An interesting comparison to me would be Patrick Corbin. Boyd is a guy who doesn't have great velocity, a great slider though, and Corbin last year is sort of the example that we always give of a guy using his secondary stuff to be great. Well, Corbin in 2018, his first eleven starts, he was five and one with a two forty seven ERA. He was great. Then his next four starts, he had a six forty-six ERA. You look at Matt Boyd, his last four starts, he has a six fourteen ERA. And then I was really worried about Corbin at that point. I remember it. I was like, "Look, the guy doesn't throw hard. The gimmick might be up. Uh, I'm concerned." Well, obviously, the rest of the season, last 18 starts for Corbin, he had a 2.86 ERA. He was he was as good as he was at the beginning of the year, and it was right around the same time of the year, by the way, that Corbin started struggling compared to Boyd's struggles. I have no. I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen, but I did think it was an interesting comparison. Uh, and hopefully things can turn around for Boyd. Right, let's go a little quicker here. Studs being duds, part two. Chris Paddock, Jose Quintana, and Lance Lynn. So would you? They were all bad. Lynn was just one bad inning. It was the first inning. Paddock gave up yeah. only two runs, but three walks, one strikeout. Do you consider any or all of them to be must-own players? Paddock, Quintana, and Lynn.
2: I'm done with Quintana. The other two, yes. But not Quintana. Quintana's season stats are are now uh, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. I'm trying to find them exactly. I got him, Scott. But it's four uh,
1: fifty okay, ERA, twenty nine set four and seven. Four fifty ERA, seventy nine strikeouts in eighty eight innings. And he, last yeah. six starts, he's just been awful. And he gets Atlanta this week, the best lineup in baseball right now. So
2: uh, yeah, that that K per nine is less than eight. Right. It's okay. bad. Um, no, Lance Lynn, I mean, I, I actually give him credit because, you know, the, Twitter, the Twitter-verse the was like, oh, here comes Lance Lynn when he gave him four runs in the first inning, and then it was six one-run innings after that. So he, he really came together nicely, and there have been a lot of strikeouts and pitching deep into games. Um, I, I don't entirely trust it, but there's, there's, no, there's no reason to remove him from your lineup right now. Paddock, I think, is still must-own for the upside, but he's... He's kind of he's kind of going through a rough stretch here. Uh, obviously, it, it had been a couple weeks since he pitched because he spent some time in the minors just preserving innings. I don't think he made an appearance down there. Um, but uh, he, it seems like his arm speed has slowed on the changeups, so he's kind of tipping the pitch in a way uh, and isn't getting isn't missing bats much at all anymore because of it. So that's that's something that's correctable, but it's it's not corrected yet.
1: All right, Heath, let's go to the next group of starting pitchers. Studs being duds, part three. And these are, guys are all owned in more than 80% of leagues, so or 80% or more. So tell me if you're done with any of them, if you're okay dropping them. Jay Happ, Rick Porcello, Dallas Keuchel, and Chris Archer.
0: Okay, so I'm not going to really hold this start against Dallas Keuchel. I... I feel no different about him after this start. Than I, it's going to take at least two before I change any opinion at all. So we're just going to leave him alone. I like. Is this a bad start for Chris Archer? He struck out as many as he threw innings, and he only gave up a run. It's fine. Five it in- Yeah, I had five innings. I had I had dropped him in a league, but in any league, I was still holding on to him. I'm still holding on to him. This is kind of. What we've come to expect from Rick Porcello, he'll probably have two good starts in a row now. He is, for me, more of a streamer than a must-own pitcher. If he has a two-start week, I'm using him. If he has a good matchup, I'll use him. At the end of the year, if he stays healthy, he'll probably be a top 45 pitcher in points leagues, but he's not going to be someone you want to start very often, and I don't think... Like, J-Hap's obviously terrible. Done. Yeah, get him better. out of here.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Hap did have a 3.54 ERA in the in the five starts that preceded his just dreadful start on Sunday, but yeah, it's still like no very few strikeouts, only two quality starts in those five starts. So Hap, I think he he's be been done.
0: like a worse version of Jose Quintana.
1: Yeah, it's it's yeah bad. Okay, uh, so I want to get some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi dot com. So in that case, I'm going to read fringy starting pitchers, and we're going to do these quickly, and you're going to tell me who you like. Fringe Starting Pitchers Part 1, 65 to 79% owned. Griffin Canning, Zach Pleszak, Merrill Kelly, Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Jordan Yamamoto, and Dakota Hudson. Again, we've got Griffin Canning, Zach Pleszak, Merrill Kelly, Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Jordan Yamamoto, and Dakota Hudson. Scott, any must-owns there?
2: Uh, I would still say Canning. I know he's been worse lately but the peripherals are still good enough that I'm sticking with that. And PlaySack, I, I I like, you know, it's kind of like with Yamamoto, I don't entirely trust it, but it's it's too impactful in this landscape like you can't like if if you have if you have seven pitchers on your roster that you trust, fully, then uh you're you're a lucky duck cuz most don't. So I would consider PlaySack must-own just based on his performance. Uh Musgrove is somebody worth watching. I'm not saying you shouldn't own him. This last start was obviously very good, and he threw his slider much more often in it about about as often as he did in April. That seems to be a key for him how much he throws the slider so uh if you know if he starts to turn things around uh keep an eye on his slider usage because that might that might be a good indicator that he's back on track.
1: Okay, and I'll say that Merrill Kelly is at San Francisco this week, so if you had him for the two starts this week, you can hang on maybe to Kelly for another week, hold on for one more day. And let's go to Frenchy Starting Pitchers Part 2. Heath, Tyler Skaggs, Spencer Turnbull, Michael Pineda, who had one bad inning. He allowed five earned runs in one inning and four scoreless other than that. That's Pineda and Anibal Sanchez. These guys are all available. They're owned in less than 60% of leagues. Again, there's Skaggs. Turnbull, Pineda, and Sanchez. And? I'm
2: going to
1: Skaggs. Who do you like?
0: Yeah, Skaggs is my favorite of this group. I, I wish that he, like, he was only at, like, 75 pitches or something when he came out of this game, right? I don't know. Actually. I don't understand why he only right sure, threw five yeah. innings. 70 pitches. That's frustrating. Um, I'm not sure that he's, in, like, none of these guys are, are obviously not Must Own. But I would rank them Skaggs, Turnbull, Sanchez, Pineda.
1: I think I'm pretty much done with Spencer Turnbull. Just like it, it's mediocre at best. He doesn't go. He's fine.
0: Whatever. Matchup. Like kind of like what I said about Porcello. Like if he's got good matchups or two starts, then I'm probably going to use him. And if your league's deep enough to just hold those guys on your bench and start them when you need to, then, then hold them.
2: Yeah. But Turnbull's like five innings every time, and he's yeah. pitching for the Tigers, not
0: the Red Sox. So it's.
1: Look at but he's also
0: been considerably better than Porcello. Animal right?
1: Sanchez at Detroit. Uh, I, I would take Porcello over Turnbull.
0: It
2: depends how you're measuring good, I guess. I, I feel like innings and supporting cast. Well, innings certainly, I think, is something the pitcher has direct control over, and uh, Turnbull, I, I don't think passes that test. And the ratios aren't good. At, like they're not. It's not like they're. You know, it's not like Joey Lucchese, where, you know, some. Though the, you know he's got a low whip and the strikeout rate's pretty good. I guess the strikeout rate's okay for Turnbull, but it's not good enough. There's there's too many there's too many knocks on him.
1: Yeah, I I mean unfor- like you can't really compare him to Porcello because he does have better numbers than Porcello. But Porcello also got off to that terrible start because the Red Sox you know jerked around their pitchers all spring training, and then the ten starts before this last one he had like a three twenty ERA. Right. Anyway. Anibal like like
0: Porcello only thrown six more innings in 16 starts. Yeah, and he's got an ERA that's right. Look, almost I don't, one and a
1: half. Don't wanna, I don't want to. I not Let's just drop that. Anibal Sanchez is at Detroit this week, <laughs> so you better believe I'm starting Anibal Sanchez. He is on a nice little run, 2.45 ERA in his last five starts, and he's three and zero. But the swinging strikes are down, so I don't really buy it. But at Detroit this week, I buy it enough. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. From Travis, someone just dropped Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in my 10-team Roto League. Should I drop Scott Kingery to pick up Vlad? Hunter Dozier is also available on waivers. And the reason I include this email is like, I don't know that I can recommend for sure that you should be dropping a productive player right now to add Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in a 10-team league. I said, for a bench spot, yeah, get Vlad. If you're starting the guy, then I'd probably pick up Hunter Dozier.
2: Come on, Adam. Ten, he hasn't been good enough. Ten, well, first of all, 10-team league's is the only one Guerrero would be available in at all. I know, but he but hasn't. But you've got to go for impact, you, not just production. But you, you like need, Hunter Dozier so high... much.
1: You like Hunter Dozier so much. So you I do like Hunter Dozier. You wouldn't rather have Hunter Dozier than than Vladimir Guerrero right now in a 10-team in a league?
2: Uh, no, I wouldn't. If it came to it, I'd, I'd rather have Guerrero. And look, I, I feel like Dozier is it somebody I would just ever recommend dropping regardless of the format in a in a vacuum but I mean if Vladimir Guerrero's out there I I'd, I'd rather have Guerrero Dude he's been terrible I mean
0: he's yeah, been terrible like, I I struggle with this one a lot because I do think in 10 team leagues upside is the most I don't really expect four categories leagues to be the best format for Guerrero especially this first year when the Blue Jays lineup I don't think is very good I don't have him as a top 10 third baseman rest of season and he's not I'm not I don't think he's probably been a top 20 third baseman since he's been called up so like if I was sitting around 500 in a league and worried about making the playoffs right I don't think Vlad is the guy I'd pick up
1: yeah and look I I'm not I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best hitters in baseball at some point I expect Dozier
0: to be better this week and next week and until right. something changes.
2: Uh, I mean I I have Guerrero, I have Guerrero thirteenth and Dozier fourteenth at third base. Heath has Guerrero twelfth, and he may not have moved Dozier back up after the injury. I have not moved Dozier up
0: since he came back, so yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay, this is from Matt in Tennessee. Dear Dolly, Jane, and Lily. That so that would be Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin. And they have a connection. 9 to 5. Is that the movie 9 to 5? Yeah, it is. Okay, so... Ah, uh, yes! I have each of the following <laughs> on my... Uh, this is a good song. 5 by 5 Weekly Categories League. I have Plezak, Canning, Framber Valdez, and Zach Gallen. Who's the most droppable of those four? Zach Plezak, Griffin Canning, Framber Valdez, or Zach Gallin?
0: Play Plezak. You don't have to make this decision now. We don't have any uh, idea that Weaver is going to be coming back anytime soon, right?
1: No, but it's. I didn't even include that in the email. I just, just read, the, just answer my question.
0: It's a theoretical question for like what maybe not ever going to matter because Weaver might not pitch again this year. But this but is
1: for the benefit. Currently, of the
0: I would like. I would say, please, Zach, is the most droppable. I don't, I think by the time you have to make this decision, it will be decided for you.
1: Now Scott and Heath are talking about different players because Scott says play Zach and Heath says please Zach. So you at home? I, I
2: was just. I was just considering that, too. Yeah, Who's yeah. right? He's, he's did, right. It's Pleszak. He's right?
1: Yeah, Dan,
0: Pleszak. well, his uncle was Pleszak. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure. It's well, wait, what did you
2: say just then? Pleszak or Pleszak?
0: Pleszak. Please. Okay. It please, sounded a little please, different
2: the way you just said
1: it. <laughs> All right. From Rosenda, grade the trade. Give up Lindor and Granky. Ooh. Lindor and Granky. Get Bellinger and Moncada. Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say bad.
0: D minus. Yeah. Only because I'm trying to be nice.
1: All right, Matt from Toronto. Wait, wait a second.
2: He's getting he's getting Bellinger.
0: Like yeah, we're we're
2: Lindor we're... and Granky. That's a lot. It is a lot, but I mean, you have to pay a lot to get Bellinger. Um, I'll I'll go C minus. I don't think it's
0: that I w- bad. I'd like to know in terms of fantasy points. If Francisco Lindor or Cody Bellinger has scored more points since Lindor's been up back.
1: I would, too. Try to look it up. I think it's Lindor. All right, Matt. I'd still rather have Bellinger, though. Matt from Toronto. 10-team keeper league. Would you trade Vlad for Verlander and Tatis? Players can be kept indefinitely with no draft pick costs. Would you give up Vlad for Verlander and Tatis? He's in first place looking to shore up his pitching and win this year. Do it. Yeah.
0: I don't
2: see why not. I mean I don't I don't think the long term prognosis for Vlad and Tatis is that different.
1: Heath, how you doing there with your mission?
0: How am I doing with my what?
2: Your mission.
1: Oh, you did not get He's supposed to, to be looking it? it up? Yeah, I thought he was looking it up. Yeah. He has no idea what I'm talking about. I mean about. The, the Lindor. The stretch Lindor, Lindor versus... has been
2: healthy for is, you know, doesn't encompass the most productive stretch Bellinger's had. So I could see it I could think it's possible Lindor's better, but
1: uh, you know what? I think, I think um, Bellinger's probably April 20th.
2: Better. April 20th is the key date.
1: Okay. Let's do it, Heath. April 20th, you got it?
0: I I will try to do it in the next 60 seconds. It's no, going to it, be difficult. It's going to
1: have to be like five seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make it happen then.
1: All right, Scott. I'm going to do a long outro here. Thanks for listening, everybody. I, I had a lot of fun. We learned how to say Zach Zach's last name. At least I think we did. There's actually a guy in the notes that I didn't know how to pronounce his name, so I didn't even talk about him. Um, I look forward to Joey Gallo's return tomorrow. I look forward to watching Clayton Kershaw pitch tonight. I look forward to sitting Clayton Kershaw this weekend at Colorado. That might be a controversial take. I don't know what else to say. Scott, I really need you to come Why is it here. not loading? Scott, like, so add Chris there. Taylor, add Lourdes Gurriel, add Ian Desmond. Think about adding Bobby Bradley, certainly if you need some power.
0: We Malik are, Smith. You should add Malik Smith. Add we don't Malik talk about Smith. him Smith. We never talk about Lindor.
2: Lindor is three spots worse than Bellinger. In points league since returning. Although Ballinger's lower than I expected, he's behind Devers, Rizzo, Kepler, Carlos Santana.
1: And we're out of here. Uh, on Thank you, Scott. Good job. On Fantasy Baseball today, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See
0: ya.